Hello, stoners. Welcome to uh, another excellent episode of Turning Stones podcast. Um, today, of course, I've got with me uh, Terry here, um, as usual. Terry, how you doing? Going real good, Sam. How about you? It's good. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Bit, uh, bit warm, but yeah, can't complain. Um, so today, Terry, we've got, we're looking at the Republic of Nicaragua. Um, now, why are we looking at that today, Terry? First of all, Sam, um, thanks for having me, by the way. But nice. that pronunciation of Nicaragua is just phenomenal. Um, <laughs> you are the pronunciation king. But in, in response to your question, um, the reason why we're doing this episode, and it's similar to our episode on the Republic of Burundi, is that it's actually based on a cup of coffee that I had not long ago. So, oh. um, so I, I usually like to diversify my cups of coffee. And I like to have my beans from all around the world. And, you know, the other day I actually consumed a cup and I looked into it and it was a single origin blend, which is one of my favorites is to have a single origin for just from the one location. And it was from Nicaragua. So I thought, hmm, mm. I'm drinking their coffee. Why not find out a bit about their country? And, you know, upon investigating and, and looking into it, they actually got a quite a bit of an interesting backstory and some fun facts. And, yeah, I thought, why not do an episode on that and, and really enlighten the stoners? Mm. What are your thoughts? Have you actually had Nicaragua coffee? Um, uh, ooh, I reckon I've tried it. Yeah, I think I have. But I can say I've uh, had a couple uh, cigars from Nicaragua in the past and oh, they've wow. been pretty good. Yeah, pretty um, pretty much on par with the uh, the Cubans. So, um, yeah, I can't, uh, can't say I haven't had any exposure to them. But, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take that. But, yeah, definitely some juicy content um, and, you know, we'll – like to inline the listeners and uh, cover a few topics that they uh, might not listen to, but yeah, uh, let's let's get into this one today, Terry. Yeah, stoners, strap yourselves in, get ready, let's go. Nicaragua, just as Sam said in the intro, his pronunciation was phenomenal once again. So thank you for that, Sam. You are really getting good at it. <laughs> not a it's problem, not Terry. Mm. Okay, so. On to Nicaragua. Well, the official name is actually the Republic of Nicaragua. So, yeah, it's a republic and that is its official name. It is the largest country in the Central American Isthmus. Now, what is an Isthmus, you ask? Do you know what an Isthmus is, Sam? Um, no. What is it, okay. Terry? You tell me. Uh, I'll tell you. An isthmus, or isthmuses for plural, so there's no such thing as isthmi, um, mm. so it's isthmuses for plural, mm -hmm. um, actually comes from an ancient Greek word, isthmos, and it's actually a right. narrow piece of land connecting two larger areas across an expanse of water by which they are otherwise separated. So that's a very technical definition. Mm. Right. Um, otherwise known as a land bridge. So if you can just, um, I guess, use your imagination right now, Sam, and obviously you stoners out there. Yep. Basically, say that there's a chunk of land north and a chunk of land south, and then there's ocean on the left and right side. And to connect these two pieces of land in the north and south is a narrow piece of land in the middle, mm. like yep. essentially a land bridge. Yep. And that's yep. what an isthmus is. And speaking of isthmus, well... It's actually Nicaragua makes up most of that Central American isthmus. So, mm, okay, this is well, the isthmus in this instance is basically the bridge or the land bridge connecting North America to South America. So, yep. yeah, okay. Makes not only sense. is it part of that land bridge, but it's also the largest country in that land bridge. So, mm. very interesting. Oh, nice. Um, 
What countries surround uh, Nicaragua there, Sam? Um, yes, we have got um, we've got it bordered by Honduras uh, to the northwest, um, the Caribbean to the east. That's uh, it's very nice. Wouldn't mind going there. Mm. Um, Costa Rica uh, to the south, and the Pacific Ocean to the southwest. Um, so yeah, some wow. pretty pretty nice uh, locations there, Terry. I, I'd say it would uh, be a nice place to um, do a bit of exploring in Central America there. Absolutely. Imagine just lying by the beach there and beautiful weather and get your kid off and yeah, away you go. Sounds great. Um, yeah, so it is, uh, it's, well, land site, if we're looking at the land area um, of the country, um, it's a hundred or just over 130,000 square kilometers. Um, so that makes Australia 59 times bigger in size. So wow, uh, pretty, pretty small compared to Australia. But then again, Australia is a, a pretty large uh, island down, uh, you know, down under. Um or if you want to compare it to the size of New York State, um, it's it's basically the exact same size as that. Um, so New York State, though, Terry, uh, not the city. Is that correct? That's correct, Sam. Yes. Um, a lot of people get that confused. That's why when people say New York, New York, it's not a typo, an error that they've repeated <laughs> the same thing twice. It's that the capital city of the state is New York yep. and the state's mm-hmm. named New York. So there you um, go. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> same size as New York State, but I'm guessing they don't have, uh, you know, um, an Empire State Building in Nicaragua. Mm. Or they don't have a Central Park and all That's these true. sort of things. But I'm guessing they have other things. And, of course, I don't see New York being surrounded by a Pacific mm. Ocean or true. the uh, Caribbean. So, Or is it Caribbean? Uh, yeah, either way, I guess. It depends where you're from. Caribbean, Caribbean. I, yeah, interesting. I'm a real Caribbean type of pronunciator. Yeah, say Caribbean. Yeah, Caribbean. Mm. If you're a Caribbean, uh, maybe DM us at Turnstone's Pod um, on Insta and just let us know why you say that, and mm. maybe we might just ignore you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the capital city of Nicaragua is Managua. Am I pronouncing that right there, Sam? I'd say Managua. So similar Managua. to... Managua. Yeah. Similar mm. to Nicaragua, but it's just changed the, the start of the uh, the uh, name there a little bit. Yeah, right. Well, what would I do without you? I mean, thank wow. you again. Jeez. Managua. What, what a city. And, and that, that roughly has around a million people. Um, and the population of Nicaragua is 6.5 million people, and that is per the 2019 census estimates. So mm-hmm. pretty recent figures and pretty decent-sized country. Yep. Um a life expectancy of the population is 74 years old, which which is okay. pretty good. Um, bad, I would yeah. say that's not too bad. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, there's some room for improvement there. Um, some, in, in some other westernized countries, that's getting close towards 80. And yep. also, there's there's a bit of a discrepancy between males and females, whereas I think I was looking at it the other day, males are averaging around 77, 78, and females are getting close to 81. 80, so, yeah, right. okay. yeah, for all you males out there, lift your game. <laughs> Last a few more years and catch up to those uh, those yeah. chicks. <laughs> but nonetheless, you females are doing a mighty fine job. Mm. Stay beautiful. Um, the leadership of the country is quite interesting, Sam. Now, I mm-hmm. actually would love your thoughts on this, but let me yes. just go through who is the leader and a little bit about him and what he's done previously. So, the president currently, since 2007, is Daniel Ortega. Um, Ortega, like if you want to put a bit of an accent mm. behind it. Yep. Now, since 2007, so he's obviously served a 13-year term to this point, which is pretty long. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some countries have restrictions on the amount of terms you can serve, but, you know, 13 years long and strong can't go wrong. Long and strong, well, I like my coffees like that too, by the way. <laughs> um, so, interestingly, 
He was actually president as well in a previous period between 1985 and 1990. So between mm-hmm. 1990 as his first term of president to 2007, yeah. he had 17 years between drinks. <laughs> now, you think, what have you done in those 17 years? Well, in his first serving of president between 85 and 90, um, and it was only a five-year term, he was actually he served as a left-sided politician. Mm, right. Now, the only reason I say this is because <laughs> his latest reign – but since 2007 to today, he's actually moved more towards the right. And he's actually now all about pro-business. Wow. Now, Sam, thoughts on this? 17 years between yeah. drinks and he's moved from the left to the right. Yeah, very interesting. And I don't think you'd see that anywhere in the world. Maybe some of these small countries you might see it. it might be more common. But, um, geez, that's a bit like changing your bloody football team or something, you know. Yeah. S- supporting, uh, um, you know, the Crows for... 10 years and then jump and ship because uh, the crows are shit and jump onto the poor power bandwagon or something. I don't know. That's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty well, weird. That's not really that crazy because that's probably common sense. <laughs> that sort of change. But this, that's this sort of change is like really bizarre. That's like yeah. wearing boxer shorts to briefs. Like, you know, for a man, like if, if you're a male listening, you, you know, they definitely transition in one, one of those uh, garments. Yeah. Mm. No, very interesting. It's yeah. And also, yeah, I mean the, the time between, um, serving as president as well again, like it's, it's weird that you can you know jump in and out of presidency there as well. It's yeah, um, probably doesn't happen in many places, but um, yeah, I guess um, interesting political system they have there. It's even like going from you know having milk in your coffee to then just going all black. Mm, true. <laughs> Once you go black, you don't go back. That's what um, they say. <laughs> yeah, so that's very interesting, Terry. Thanks for that uh, little fun fact. Um, no worries. What's what's the native tongues over there in, in Nicaragua? Yeah, we've got a bit of a mix here, Terry. Um, and uh, to be honest, I don't know what a few of them are, but we've got the uh, your standard Spanish, which is pretty common uh, in the regions there. Uh, English, of course, which is you know becoming pretty common around the world anyway. Um, and now we've got mosquito. Uh, I don't. Know, it sounds like mosquito, doesn't it? Like as in the uh, the insect. Yeah, that's is. But is it? I don't know. I, I, that's the way I would say it. Mosquito. Yeah, not yeah. sure. Anyway, we've got that as a language, mosquito. Um, and we've got Rama and Sumo. So very interesting. I don't know how, how many languages you can have in one country. And it's not a massive country either. So I guess, um, yeah, they've had a bit of influence from different countries around that region maybe, Terry. Um, Potentially. Yeah. So maybe a bit of, you know, migrating back in the day and just a bit of a mixture of cultures. So I've actually got a soundbite of what mosquito might sound like. Okay. Let me just uh, play it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That that does sound like a mosquito. (laughs) In in direct translation, that means, hello, how are you? Okay. Jeez. Let me just hear the reply to that. Just I'll play some bit more audio. Wow, I can't pronounce that one though, Terry. That's nah, that, that is difficult. One. It's it, Yeah, you, you sort of need to be born with that language. And I mm. think the reply to that last snippet was, good thanks yourself. <laughs> um, nice. We could keep playing it for a bit longer, but, you know, no. let's move on. The, the stoners annoying. do get restless. And, of course, yeah. you know, no one really understands that. But, now, nah, look, in all honesty, no disrespect to those mosquito speakers, but <laughs> it is a... It's actually a, a common native tongue over there, as well as Rama and Sumo. So mm. there you go. How about yes. religion, Sam? Yeah, um, nothing too well, nothing too unusual with the religions over there. Um, 
uh, are Christians or, you know, believe in Christianity. Um, 15% have no religion, which I guess, you know, it's probably not too uncommon um, these days as well. And 1% are in the category of other. So I guess that could be a mix of any other religion. But yeah, very uh, much dominated by Christianity there, which I think is pretty common as well, you know, in South America, Central America. I think they're all pretty um, pretty much, you know, in uh, focusing on the Christianity faith. Um, I guess the influence from the Spanish maybe would have helped with that. Um, I think so, Sam. Yeah. And, and, and that leads on to the next part is that the actual name, Nico Aguilar, um, came to be from a Spanish colonialist group. Um, mm-hmm. And they were named Nicario. Um, and go. that was in 1522. And Agua is Spanish for water. Um, Agua? Agua? How would mm. you how would you pronounce that? Uh, probably Agua, yeah. Yeah, mm. I think that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that comes from water, and that's to reference the fact that there's two large lakes and several other bodies of water within the country, and obviously yep. surrounded by oceans being the Pacific and mm. the um, Caribbean as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously makes sense as to why they would name it Nicaragua. Um, yeah. And let's just let's just hear how water is pronounced in Spanish. Agua. 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 There we yeah. go. Makes sense. Right. Sounds sounds similar. Thank you um, for that. Yeah. Thanks for, the, thanks for the fun fact there, Terry. And uh, we will. Ha- what about the flag? Of course, we always like to look at the flag of a country when we're when we're you know doing a bit of investigating and. Um, you know, it sort of paints a picture of what they're all about. And um, it does. Terry, what does this uh, flag tell us? All right. So the flag of Nicaragua was first adopted in the 4th of September, 1908, or on the 4th of September, 1908. But it actually wasn't made official until the 27th of August, 1971. So we actually have right there 63 years of an unofficial right. flag, just basically, you know, a bit of an emblem um, mm-hmm. of what they represented. But yeah, it got made official. So better later than never. And it's actually based and inspired on the flag of the Federal Republic of Central America and also the flag of Argentina. So very similar. You know the flag of Argentina? It's very similar to that. However, uh, the colors are just slightly different. So the the flag is basically a horizontal tri-band of azure. And azure, if you don't know what that is, it's actually a type of blue. Mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's royal blue, just slightly lighter. Yeah. So think of it as you know, two horizontal bands of blue on the top and bottom, and the Mm -hmm. middle band is white. Mm -hmm. And inside the middle of this uh, white band, horizontal white band, is the national coat of arms, um, and actually looks like a triangle with some words around it. So inside this triangle, and this is where it gets really interesting, Sam, we have, um, which is the coat of arms, we have a volcano, Mm -hmm. we have actually five of them. Yep. We have a rising sun. Mm-hmm. We have the capital of liberty. We also have a rainbow that all appear. Yeah, right. Very now, busy there. Yeah, very busy. So mm. obviously the wordings on this flag, and there's not many flags around the world that actually have words on, on mm, them, but true. this is obviously one of those countries that do. And it has Republica de Nicaragua, America Central. So mm. yeah, Republic of Nicaragua, America Central. So it basically explains who they are and where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The five volcanoes in this coat of arms actually represent the original five member states that make up the country, which is right. quite significant. And I mean, it's sort of similar to the um, six stars that Australia has, which represents the six states that we have. So yeah, some mm-hmm. sort of meaning behind why they've got five. 
Um, the rays of sun and the rainbow are actually symbolic of a bright future to come. So it's nothing to do with the uh, lesbian, gay, <laughs> transgender um, flag or anything like that. But uh, wow. yeah, so it represents a bright future to come. So obviously, yeah, they've got a really good outlook and forecast ahead. Yep. And the presence of a rainbow in the coat of arms makes the flag of Nicaragua only one of two flags um, to include the color purple. Um, mm. around the world so right. only one of two countries actually include the color purple in their flag yep. and the only the only other country that does that is dominica so okay quite interesting there that they've got you know this this flag as yeah. basic as it seems to the naked eye as soon as you zoom into this bloody coat of arms jesus so much detail on that and I, yeah you know when i was younger in that primary school i remember we I had to draw flags, especially the Australian yeah, flag. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. And that was pretty easy. I mean, like, the hardest part was probably getting, you know, the points of the stars right. And, yeah. You know, the Union Jack. Union Jack, But yeah. basically, it's fairly simple. However, imagine yeah. drawing this as a kid. All that detail of trying to get the five volcanoes inside this small triangle. Yeah. That's their coat of arms, getting the rainbow colors right, getting the rays of the suns. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be hectic. Maybe just draw a triangle and, I don't know. Do a circle around it, and then it's close enough. I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm really a fan of just simple, effective flags. Mm. Just some colours, or even just a bit of a pattern. Yeah. Um, but just something that's very symbolic. Not saying mm. anything bad about this flag. It's just that uh-huh. it's just so much detail going on it. Yeah, it is different. And actually, you know what? The um that middle band it just reminds me of a, a wrapper that goes around a cigar. Um, you know, with a little. Oh. The, the uh, logo of the company on it. It just looks pretty, yeah, you definitely. know, pretty similar, actually. Mm. Actually, you're right. It, it does look like a bit of a wrapper of a cigar, except yeah. Yeah, it's not wrapped around a brown. Uh, no, it's, that's right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, around, it's surrounded by blue, and that mm. obviously represents the two, well, the, the bodies of water Yeah. that uh, that's around the country. So that's, that's the flag, in essence. So if yep. you haven't checked it out, we try to paint a picture where it's like the top tri-band, horizontal tri-band is blue. The middle one's white, the bottom one's blue as well. So, yes, yeah. yeah, and then obviously we had a triangular coat of arms. So we try to paint the picture as much as we can with words. Mm, obviously, out, though, there's yeah. nothing better than the visual aspect of the flag. And I really uh, suggest you stoners out there, please search it on your search machines and, and type in Nicaragua flag. Mm. Spot on, Terry. Ah, thanks for that. It's good. Um, now, of course, we have to look at the food um, and the cuisine that uh, that the uh, Nicaraguans uh, like to indulge in. So, um, Terry, we've got the uh, the cuisines there. Uh, it's a bit of a mixture of uh, Spanish food um, and dishes of a pre-Columbian origin. So, wow. again, that Spanish influence pretty heavy um, in Central and South America anyway. Um so, yeah, a lot of uh, other Latin American countries um, are, are pretty similar. Um, they all, well, maize is the staple food, which is, is corn, I believe. Is that correct, Terry? That is correct, yeah, Sam. Um, yeah. Yeah, spot on. Um, and it's used in many dishes um, because I guess, yeah, it would be pretty easy to grow down there. I think they just got a, an abundance of, uh, of, of maize there and, yeah, it's just pretty common down there. Um, in addition to that, um, they also like to have some rice and beans, um, which are also staples with every meal. So, you know, some some cultures sort of um, have some bread or something with, with every meal. And I, I know a lot of Europeans love to have a bit of bread to, you know, maybe mop up some pasta sauce after and, um, yeah, things like that. Um, but, yeah, apparently they uh, like a bit of rice and beans and just maybe have that as a salad maybe. It's just a side dish and, and that's it. 
Exactly. Well, you know, just speaking on that, Sam, like maize, as well as that is a big staple in addition to the rice and beans. Well, maize is a very easy crop to grow. And I think you might notice in the, I guess, the lesser, wealthier countries that maize is um, a very common staple across all of them. Yeah. Um, So not only is it easy to grow, but it's probably quite affordable to to plant the seeds and and to purchase the seeds. And of course, with corn, you can do so much with. Not only you can eat the corn, but they make a lot of... Uh, corn starch, yep, which yep. they can use in a lot of, you know, they use that as their, I guess, their flour to, yeah, to make, yeah. you know, breads and breads, yeah. all these other things, um, which, you know, bread is a very uh, popular food, again, with mm-hmm. some of these poorer countries um, because, yep. you know, it provides sustenance and it provides calories, which we all need to survive. So, yeah. Um, yeah, nice. Corn, rice and beans, you beauty. Mm. Um then uh, yeah, if you if you look at their most popular dish uh, as well that they like to go for um, on a regular basis, um, it's called gallo pinto, um, which is a mixture of rice and beans, of course, um, as we said, you know the staple. Um, and most Nicaraguans uh, eat this almost daily, um, and it's considered a national symbol. So maybe they might uh, think of chucking that on the flag next time, Terry. <laughs> I was just about to say that, Sam. I'm, like, I'm surprised uh, there's no uh, specks of you know rice grain or some beans on there. Um, yeah. But uh, maybe they might have to rethink it and rejig that flag because the coat mm. of arms has got too much detail. I reckon just chuck a you know, bowl of rice on there and a few beans. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's consuming it every day. I think the people will relate to that more than a bloody triangle, that's for sure. Yeah, true. Wouldn't you get sick of it every day? It's um pretty yeah, pretty hectic having it every day. But yeah, apparently they um incorporate it um with other meals. Um for example, uh, you know, they look at having some breakfast and they have some cook up some eggs and then have it with their eggs. Um mm, delicious. Maybe it's like their equivalent to, you know, maybe some baked beans with toast and some yeah. eggs on the side i don't know maybe how, how do you like your eggs there sam like if you were to uh, have eggs say yep. i was going to crack you three eggs how would yeah, you yeah. like for me to prepare those eggs for you uh over easy is my preferred uh oh wow method, yeah. so you love that yolk that runny yolk so you can yes. just mop up with your bread mm. delicious just like pasta sauce yeah, yeah you can mop up the yolk yeah. uh, for me you know i'm i'm a real avid egg lover and i love them any which way however okay. it just depends on the mood but if i had to pick Yep. It'd probably be poached because right. for two reasons. It's because I can't do poached eggs very well. And I like <laughs> to think to myself that I'm a half decent cook, but poached eggs always fuck them up. Mm. And right. second of all, because I don't have them that often, like that style of eggs, I just sort of really look forward to it. Yep. Yep. But of course, you know, if you cook a nice batch of scrambled eggs, they're quality, oh, delicious, yeah, definitely. With salt and pepper. Um, yeah, yeah, just standard sunny side up fried eggs. Yep. Um, they're done. Uh, any egg done well is great even boiled yeah. eggs for me like yeah boiled eggs. you dunk in some toast soldiers in there Ooh, and delicious. get the troops in there and you really mop up that yolk but yeah you know, we we uh we get sidetracked sorry <laughs> <laughs> um no well we're talking about food here um and they also uh, incorporate the gallo pinto um with a bit of a steak maybe for lunch um, and then uh, you know they have some ice cream for dessert three scoops of that and chuck a bit of uh, the beans in there Nah, just just kidding. I don't actually do that. <laughs> that's a bit, it's uh, a bit disgusting. If they did that, I reckon, uh, yeah, it would probably wouldn't. They probably got some topic. issues, eh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's hectic, yeah. but well, no, they, they yeah. It seems as if gallo pinto isn't sort of a meal in itself. It's like an accompaniment to like yeah. another meal. Mm. Yep. So it's like a side dish that you always have. Um, What's a side dish that you always have, Terry? 
that I always have. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say the most common one would just be a salad. So regardless of what I'm eating, I'll probably yeah. like to have a salad. And this is only mainly for lunch or dinner. Like I'm not as bizarre as these Nicaraguans and have, you know, <laughs> Gallo Pinto with three scoops of ice cream. <laughs> but um, no, I like salad. And then I guess maybe apart from that, and this is probably not with every meal, but if I have access to the fridge, that maybe mm-hmm. I like to have some olives with, yeah, some of my, with yeah. most of my meals. Um Definitely drench all my food in some, you know, homemade extra virgin olive oil. Yep. Um, I don't know how healthy that is, the amount I put on there, but I know it is good for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Just a, I, I think olive oil provides some good lubricant for the for my vessel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bloody oath. But, um, yeah, that, that's good. I guess salad is, is mainly my big yeah. side dish. Mm-hmm. I do love a good crunchy vegetable or three. So what about yourself, Sam? Um, yeah, a bit like you, I'm sort of like a big olive lover and, uh, you know, if, if we uh, have dinner, I always enjoy just grabbing a plate out, maybe chuck some olives on there, a bit of cheese or feta or something yeah. on the mm-hmm. side and, um, yeah, and just have that. But yeah, nothing other than that, I'm not a huge salad eater, but, um, yeah, so I can't say that's a uh, sort of a staple in my diet, but, um, yeah, I just, uh, like to stick to the, uh, the protein. Yes. You're a big boy. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> So yeah, let's let's get stoners. Let's all encourage Sam to maybe eat, consume a few more vegetables. Shall we? <laughs> get on to us at Turnstones Pod and just chuck us a DM, and I'm mm. sure he'll read it and maybe be inspired. But yes. yeah, Gallo Pinto. I mean, it's not one of those things. Oh, I've got to go there and try. Well, I'm pretty sure anyone can just prepare yeah. that at home. So True. yeah, I mean, we can have the feels of Nicaragua at home. Mm. So how Definitely. convenient. Mm. But yeah. Um, let's go through a bit of brief history. We don't want to yes, bore everyone with it. Um, it's not overly interesting, but it's not too boring either. It's obviously everyone's got their own unique history. But so most of Nicaragua's uh, Caribbean lowlands area was actually inhabited by tribes that mi- migrated north from what is now known as Colombia. So originally mm. the, the first people come from Colombia um, yep. from from what history suggests and from the information that we have provided at us. Yep. Uh, it was actually first discovered by Europeans when Christopher Columbus invaded the Honduras um, and explored the eastern coast on his fourth voyage in 1502. So good old uh, Chriso. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, the Honduras is one of the countries that does surround Nicaragua. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got the Honduras to the northwest. So obviously he... Uh, he migrated over and sussed out this piece of land, a bit of a mm. land bridge. Be like, oh, I like this. Yeah, nice. um, in 1522, the first Spaniards actually entered the region. And uh, then, uh, yeah, between drinks and a long time between it, between 1522 and 1821, uh, Nicaragua became part of the first Mexican empire. And, uh, yeah, so that lasted for a fair while. Um, then, obviously, it was part of the United Provinces of Central America in 1823. And then it actually finally became independent in its own right in 1838. So really, it, it's actually quite a young country, mm, yeah. uh, if you think of it. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a history there for you. And we're not going too much into that much detail because we're, we're giving you a bit of a spin of Nicaragua that you might not commonly get. So yes. if yep. you really are obsessed about this country um, or about the mosquito language that they do speak over there, I mean, maybe look into it in your own time. But stoners, we are giving you a bit of a twist and a bit of a different look at Nicaragua. And speaking of twist and a different look, and to make it a bit more fun, let's go through some fun facts, Sam. Let's start it off with you. Yes, let's do that. This is um, obviously one of our most favourite segments when we're uh, going over, you know, some interesting topics. So, um, kick things off. Uh, the currency uh, is that they use is called Cordoba. Um, 
and the code there is NIO. I guess I don't know what that sort of stands for, but uh, mm. interesting. Um, I'm sure the end some... would probably be Nicaragua, but the IO, yeah, in, in relation to Cordoba, I'd, yeah. I'd not, I don't know to be honest not with sure, you. Sure, but interesting. I don't know. I guess there's, a, there's something to it. Um, but yeah, so it was actually named after um, the Spanish. Conquistador, um, Conquistador, Fran- <laughs> Conquistador. Yes, there you go. Jeez, you caught me on a on a yeah. Uh, I actually think uh, you know what, uh, Sam, you are the pronunciation king. The spelling of this, I think, is incorrect. So just <laughs> on our notes, um, yeah, I th- mm. that is meant to be Conquistador. I apologise. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. throw me a bloody curveball there. Um, yes, I've got you back. His name is uh, Francisco Hernandez de Cordoba. Um, so that's where that name Cordoba came from. Um, Good but, old Frankie uh, Hernandez. Cordoba. Yeah, that's it. So it sounds, uh, yeah, it sounds pretty exotic, that name. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I would say if you've got a, you know, maybe a greenback in your, in your pocket, that, uh, that'd take it off you as well. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, uh, the greenbacks are pretty useful in most countries. Absolutely. Especially in these countries that are so close to America. I mean, they have their own yeah. currency, but that probably doesn't weigh as much as uh, we're not talking literally weighing um, <laughs> money, but it doesn't weigh as much in terms of value as yep. much as like the, the US dollar, which is it's actually essentially become over the last, maybe not so much now, but in the last, you know, 20, 30 years, it was like an international currency at one point where so many countries were dealing just in US currency to make it simplified and easier. Yes, and yeah. yeah, maybe we'll have to go through that in another episode, Sam, but just, sparked a bit of an idea and the fact that why don't the world why don't we all have like an international currency you know yeah Mm. one currency make things easier but i guess that's uh something to discuss at another time but Mm, these guys the cordoba Mm, thank you um i'll uh, throw out another one there terry um so the the weather of course we want to know what the weather's like uh, in nicaragua um and as expected probably it's uh, hot and tropical um average temperatures uh, being around 27 degrees celsius um, not fahrenheit for all you flogs that use fahrenheit um so all year round so that's uh, oh, i just don't like uh, some some measurements you know even you know uh the uh imperial uh, measurements that the american use is just bloody garbage anyway just to cater to our uh, i guess our american stoners out there 27 degrees celsius year mm-hmm. round average temperature that equates to 80.6 in fahrenheit mm-hmm. so we just yeah we're compensating for you guys but this probably might be the last time that we do so so just yeah, yeah. please please i just don't mm-hmm. like it can't you lucky um, stars yes so pretty nice um and tropical uh, of course like the the you know rest of that region i guess um, you got two types of weather uh, in Nicaragua. So from May to November, um, it's the rainy season, so the wet season, um, while the rest of the year is a dry season. So yeah, it's I guess I think a lot of uh, tropical climates are similar to that anyway, Terry. Uh, maybe not the same months, but depending on the location around the world, um, yeah. they've always got a bit of a wet season. And um, yeah, um, so the locals there, the Nicaraguans, they rely on the uh, rainy season um, because, of course, farming um, is pretty important there and it's one of the largest sectors of the economy um, and probably, you know, I'd say uh, maybe export a bit of maize from, from there. But um, also, like I said earlier, I've had a few cigars from Nicaragua and um, they probably, I'm assuming, grow some tobacco there too. Yeah, and, and most importantly, in addition to maize and tobacco, Sam, which you're 100% spot on with, mm-hmm. but... The reason why we started this episode was, of course, one of their bigger exports is coffee too. Oh, yes, so, of course. Yeah. yeah, so that's probably their three main exports. Um, and you know what? A lot of people have this fascination about Cuban cigars, them Cubans being the best. But 
I've had some Dominicans that are actually yeah, really Dominican's nice. Good, yep. Um, I've never had a Nicaraguan, but I'm sure you can swear by them and saying mm. that they give you uh, some good mouth pleasure. Um, and of course, yeah, you got the Cubans, which are good. I mean, you've had the Romeo Julietas um, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But mm. look, I think uh, anything in that region, um, yeah. anything handmade, hand rolled, I think Definitely. is a quality cigar as long as obviously the tobacco is on point. And you know, who's to say Cubans don't have a bad season of tobacco growing? I mean, yeah. not everyone has a perfect year. It's the same thing with one, you know, True. 2017 vintage. Mm. Um, you know, is probably be better than the 2020 uh, stock that they got, you know, shit like that. So, yep. yeah, don't, don't just think, oh, because it's Cuban, it's better. Yep. Um, give these Nicaraguans a go because I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. Ah, spot on there, Terry. Um, so, also, we've got uh, along the, the uh, Pacific coast of the country, we've got a, uh, over 40 volcanoes um, scattered along there. So, some of them are still active today as well. So, I guess uh, it might be pretty sketchy living in the area there. Um, 40 volcanoes, that's crazy, Terry. And most of them active too, which just scares yeah. the shit out of me. I mean, like, mm. but then in terms of active, I guess, what is the definition of an active volcano? Look, we mm. haven't done that research for you stoners out there, but I'm guessing even if it just leaks constant lava, which some volcanoes do around the world, that con is considered active. Like where yeah, they never erupt, but they just constantly have a leakage. Yes. Um, yeah. Or even just some that, yeah, I actually, I am interested in that. Maybe we'll have to do that in a future episode of what constitutes an active volcano and yeah. how do they know what is active and what's not. Mm -hmm. That's, that's yeah, my true. interesting part. But um, to have a, more than, you know, 40 along the Pacific coast and most of them being active, well, a bit of a danger zone there. But I'm guessing given that they're so close to the ocean, I guess half the lava might be pouring into the ocean. Yeah, and, true, true. You know, funnily enough, with volcanoes, I do know this, is that the lava and magma that does get erupted can actually – and if it does go in oceans, it can actually form other pieces of land or extend the land. Yeah, 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 um, right. Interesting. I know some land masses around the world have actually been formed from volcanic rock. Mm. Um, wow. Even like some islands around Santorini in Greece are yep, actually yep. volcano-made uh, islands. Oh, wow. So who's to say that Nicaragua could be growing mm. after each and every eruption? Yeah, it's true. It could be uh, expanding its landmass. Yeah. Well, it's 59 times smaller than Australia, but I guess, you know, <laughs> once it's all said and done. Yeah, growing by the minute. It could be 59 times bigger. Yeah. Um, so, Terry, we've also got uh, a fair few, you know, jungles and um, obviously being a, a tropical climate and, and tropical country. Uh, you'd expect that. Um, so some of the animals uh, that, or some of the largest animals that are roaming around in those jungles, um, is well, one of the most popular is the jaguar, a majestic cool. jaguar. That's that's interesting. Are you talking about the car or? <laughs> well, no, I don't think they manufacture those in Nicaragua. But um, yeah, jeez, um, a bit dangerous though. Um, you'd be uh, walking through the jungle and a, just a, a jag just go, comes past, and probably not the uh, one with four wheels. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'd be uh, be a bit a uh, bit worried there. Um, they're, some a, the, they're a beautiful looking yeah. animal, by the way. Yeah, just yeah. their their prints, like a sort of a leopard style print. But I'm guessing yep. what's not beautiful of, is probably their anger and aggression and their attitude. <laughs> yeah, um, big so, mm. Yeah, be careful. Yes, um, we've got uh, some. Well, the biggest tourist attractions uh, in Nicaragua um, is, well, of course, as you'd expect, are the beaches. Um, which are which is interesting because you've got both the Pacific and Caribbean coasts, so um, very big tourist destination. And um, I mean, I've been to the South Pacific um, and probably be similar to the Pacific. 
uh, and geez, it's beautiful there. And God, I can't, I can't imagine being able to access both the Caribbean and the Pacific in uh, one go, Terry. That'd be uh, very interesting. And actually, wouldn't mind uh, chucking that on the bucket list, maybe uh, Nicaragua. Absolutely. And I, I just did some extra research, and we're not going to cover it in this episode, but I'm going to cover it right now. It's actually one of the safest countries in Central America, let alone mm. the world. Oh, wow. um, they only have around 100, like on average, 100 homicides per 100,000 people, which putting that into perspective, I don't mm-hmm. have other stats with other countries, but this is quite low. So mm. not too many homicides, which is good. Sounds good, yeah. I don't know yeah. why it hasn't been a real um, you know, top of the list kind of uh, country to visit. visit. If you, <clears throat> yeah, if you avoid the jungles and you avoid those majestic jaguars, which is in the middle of the heartland of the, of the country, either side, because it's surrounded by two bodies of, of water, being the Pacific and Caribbean coasts, um, so either side of the country, whether you're on east or west, you're yep. going to get a good, you know, strip of ocean. Yeah, you're going to get well. a good beach, and you're going to get great weather year round. So yeah, it's pretty good. We've got to do a live episode there. <laughs> yeah, With some uh, Gallo Pinto. Oh yeah, and a couple of scoops of ice cream next to it. Beautiful. <laughs> um, oh. let's move on. Yeah, this is probably one of the most interesting ones. Yep. Um, and you know, it's a, apparently it's very easily to get lost in Nicaragua now. What I mean by that is that actually there's no street names in any of the towns and cities, which wow. is quite weird. So yeah. instead, well, I guess the, the locals know where they're going, but if you're a tourist there and you're yeah. wondering oh, how to get by or how to, how to find a certain landmark, well, people actually give you directions based on local landmarks. Yeah, so I guess right, okay. that, that's quite strange, Sam, in the fact that there's no street names yeah. um, in, any, in any of the towns and cities. It's probably like street one and two and three. I maybe not even. That's probably yeah, yeah, too yeah. much. But uh, they obviously uh, have a lack of town planners there. So if you're a town planner, maybe um, you might have an occupation over there to mm. sort that shit out. But, yeah, so people give um, directions on local landmarks. And that's sort of similar that, that goes on here in South Australia where, you know, some of the people don't really give you street names. They just tell you directions based on the local sip and save. So left at that sip and save. And then when you get mm. to the third one, turn right and so on <laughs> yeah, and so true. forth. Yeah, the old uh, sip and save bottle shops. Yeah, true, Terry. Love a good bottle I wonder how uh, Google Maps would go with uh, with this country as well. It'd be interesting. Just that it, that would be very interesting. <laughs> um, I think uh, yeah, Google apps might just like fail to run. Um, it might <laughs> yeah. just say this app is not working correctly. Please restart it. And yeah, it just yeah. keeps coming up with error. Maybe mm-hmm. asks you to do an update or something. Or yeah, who knows? Mm. But uh, maybe yeah, maybe they instead of sip and saves, they just talk about Gallo Pinto shops or little <laughs> little cigar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, true. cigar lounges or who knows what mm. they do. But yeah, moving on. Yep. Um, now, this is another interesting one. The most popular sport in Nicaragua. Now, I would have thought it was something different, but it's actually baseball. Yeah, right. And you can find plenty of baseball pitches across the country. So surprisingly, this is more popular than soccer, which a lot yeah, of centers in South America, are, you know, their religion is soccer in addition to their normal religions. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, baseball, Sam, that's very interesting. And I guess right. the men in Nicaragua are probably good at scoring home runs, aren't they? Oh, they must be both, if they're into uh, baseball. Yeah, both on and off the pitch. <laughs> very true. Yeah, interesting, though. But, yeah, like you said, soccer, you think, would have been number one on the list. Even, like, you know, their neighbours, Honduras, I know that, you know, they uh, are into soccer. And, um, you know, Central South America, a lot of soccer. Um, but maybe, I guess, maybe it was... Maybe from North America, they got a bit of influence um, on the baseball. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Interesting. Point, maybe, maybe they're being a bit more realistic with themselves. They've never qualified for a soccer World Cup, and they thought, yeah. "Geez, we're talking shit at soccer. Let's just <laughs> let's let's actually go on, focus on a sport that we might be half decent at in the world." Yeah, true. Good point. Yeah, it's interesting, though. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you've got some sad news for us in regards to Nicaragua. Some unfortunate, an unfortunate fun fact. Yes, yeah. So unfortunately, uh, Nicaragua is the second poorest country um, in the Americas and the fifth poorest in the world. Um, wow. So that's that's very interesting. I, I, I mean, yeah, obviously Central and South America, there there are some pretty poor countries, but um, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think it'd be too too bad having some decent, uh, maybe you know, locations there to to tour or for tourists and. Um, yeah, interesting. And the the country's total GDP um, is about 10.5 billion. Um, and to give that number a bit of perspective, the GDP of US is around 18.5 trillion. So we're talking about trillions, wow. not billions. Um, so obviously, comparing them to America or the US, that's probably um, unrealistic. But still, um, very interesting fact that they're yeah the fifth poorest in the world. Um, and yeah, apparently, well, roughly seventy-five percent of the country's six million people live on less than two dollars per day. That's that's unreal, Terry. That's crazy. That's yeah. and it's so, so unfortunate. Um, they, they got such a beautiful country, and tourism is becoming ever popular. With yeah, um, I guess people realizing that they have got such great bodies of ocean and beaches, and yep, obviously, yep. hopefully, there's podcasts. Um, you know, put some good stead to get that tourism up once the COVID restrictions are all worn off. But uh, yep. Yeah, get yourself over there, and I guess two dollars a day, and that's probably why Gallo Pinto is probably the mm. main dish because is because rice, beans, and even maize is so cheap and affordable and, and in abundance. There's that yep. that's probably maybe the, what they could only afford. Yeah, yeah, um, true. And we did like joke around about the three scoops of ice cream, but I think that might be a bit of a luxury over there. Um, mm. Probably not having that every day, but yeah, get over there and you know chuck two bucks to one, you know one of these uh, locals. Yeah, and, yeah. Or even shout them a, a Gallo Pinto or a cigar, and you know. Really mm. enjoy your time and yeah, let's let's get this GDP up. As long yeah. as uh, as long as that GDP is a, a true reflection of the country, hopefully the uh, the president at the moment, um, good old Daniel Ortega, is not pocketing all that money. Yeah, uh, true, true. So he's not lowering it on purpose. But yeah, I mean, not great. But Sam, yeah. let's uh, let's end on a positive note. And how about you uh, finish it off for us? Yes, let's uh, let's do that. So yeah, a bit, bit more positive. If you're a, a stargazer. Um, you definitely want to visit uh, visit Nicaragua. So another reason to visit there. Um, of the 88 constellations um, that exist in the night sky, a, whop- a whopping 86 of them can be seen vividly if you're in Nicaragua. So, geez, you got a, some nice viewing there. Um, so if you're definitely. into the, uh, you know, into the stars, then uh, yeah, get down there. Um, so this is because it's helped by the uh, the equator location um, of the country, and it's in a perfect location there um, to give you know the view of both hemispheres because it's sort of central. Um, you yep. got that that you know um, southern and northern. Um, so yeah, I mean another reason to go there, I guess. You know what? They probably just need a bit of a, a campaign there, Terry, um, like for tourism and maybe you know just to pump it up. Because honestly, I, I think I, I can't see the difference between you know a country like this with you know some nice beaches and some nice tropical climates and things like that what's the difference between you know going there or going to fiji vanuatu south pacific you know um, yeah exactly it's it's pretty similar i would say on the coastline so yeah i can't see why you wouldn't go there and honestly i'd i'd definitely go there if i i mean maybe not from all the way from australia just to go there if you were sort of heading you know um over to the americas you might want to go check it out. And honestly, I'd probably go check that out before I'd be going to Columbia or something and uh, probably getting for shot. Sure. Or, yeah. Well, put it this way. If I was doing an advertising campaign for Nicaragua, I'd just say this. Basically, 
come over. We've got beaches left, right, and center. Yeah. Beautiful beaches, beautiful bodies of water. We have yep. really good temperature year round. Yeah, yeah. We have some of the best beans and rice that you ever have. Um, you'll get to see 86 of the 88 constellations in the world right from our doorstep. And that's 97.7% of those constellations that you can see right there. Um, We're pretty safe, one Mm. of the safest countries in the world. And, of course, you know, we have a mixture of everything, not only beaches, but we have active volcanoes, if that that interests you. And then we obviously have jungles with some really good wildlife, including the majestic jaguar. And I guess if you're in a safe condition or safe position, um, Mm. seeing a jaguar, I guess, in the flesh would be great to see and experience. And, of course, you know, regardless of their poverty, um, they are very happy people. So I think there's a few little uh, things in there. And, of course... Really good coffee, and I can mm. vouch for that because I love a good cup of Joe. Yeah, no, that's right, Terry, spot on. And yeah, it's um, good to give it a bit of exposure to these countries that sort of, uh, you know, don't get the spotlight as much as others. So, yeah, on that note, um, get around them. Anything else to add there, Terry? I think we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up for the listeners. Mm. Yeah, just quickly, uh, thank you to Danny Laura's design, damn cheap wholesalers, and of course our Turning Stones mugs. They are quality. Yes. Sam, what's our handle? And see you later. At, Stur- uh, at Turnstones Pod. And uh, yeah, hit us up on Insta and you know, flick us an inbox and we can uh, a DM or whatever you call them. And uh, yeah, we'll hook you up with a mug, that's for sure.